1: We're going to have a discussion about what's going on in Ukraine. It's now three months since, a little over three months actually, since it started, the invasion um, began, and uh, there's been all kinds of discussion about, you know, Russia failing and the Ukraine uh, really impressing people, and uh, let's just get an update on where we stand now. We're going to chat with David Perry. David is the president of the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Uh, Thanks for joining us, David. Appreciate your time. So let's just get an update, a status report, if you will. Um, I, I, I keep hearing that Russia is really focusing on parts of eastern Ukraine and southern Ukraine, but they've pulled out of some of the larger cities that we heard about earlier in this conflict.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, high-level snapshot. Um, so in the early days of, of the the war, the end of February, the Russians had moved in uh, basically kind of three three different lines of advance, uh, one in the south, kind of up from uh, Crimea, uh, previously Ukrainian territory that seized in 2014, pushing uh, up to the west and to the east and a little bit to the north. There's a different line of effort in the east, and uh, the, the eastern part of Ukraine, uh, again, 2014, the Russians had moved to foment a uh, separatist rebellion there. That's large, where the the fighting still is uh, today, and then there was also a northern axis, so down down from basically Belar Belarus in towards the capital uh, of Kiev, as well as other cities um, around there. Uh, that's really the, the the main line of effort uh, where the the Russians were pretty much thoroughly stopped mm-hmm. uh, and pushed back entirely. So their forces are out from around uh, the capital. They suffered uh, an enormous number of losses, lots of tactical defeats, um, f- failed uh, attempts to seize airports, and a whole bunch of problems there. Uh, and since uh, for about the last month or so, give or take, they've really concentrated uh, on the eastern part of the country.
1: Um, in terms of, like you were saying, you know, the setbacks and, and some of the, the, the failures they had suffered throughout, the course of course, this conflict, um, how... What have we learned about the Russian military? Because I think the, the impression that I think a lot of us had, I certainly had, was they would roll through Ukraine facing very little resistance and, you know, their superpower and all the rest. It hasn't worked out that way. Have have you been surprised by all of the problems that they've encountered?
0: Yeah, I'd, say I'd be surprised in, in a couple ways. Uh, one, it certainly reinforces the idea that they're not omnipotent. Uh, I think that's a, a statement that goes for anyone. Um, the United States military is the most powerful one on the planet, uh, but if it acts with bad intelligence, plans poorly, and executes worse, you can't expect it to be successful. And that's basically what the Russians had done uh initially. They they rolled in with the uh to literally rolled down the highways into Ukraine, particularly around the capital, which seemed to be on the on the basis that uh, they wouldn't really face stiff resistance, uh that they could just uh, go in with a, a a relatively small number of, of lightly armed units go over uh, very long distances, uh, relatively speaking, take that territory uh, and be able to to seize and hold it without problem, which is really kind of insane uh, in lots of different ways. Totally uh, Mm misestimated the reaction from the Ukrainians, for one. Uh, Totally underestimated, uh, I think, the difficulty in actually doing that. Uh, And I think they also didn't really have a good handle on the competency of their own forces. And the Russians have had some kind of basic uh, tactical operational um, uh, problems in terms of how well they can do uh, proficient fighting serious issues in terms of their uh, logistics in places, uh, issues of command and control, issues of morale. But I think it's also important to keep in mind that what they were doing initially uh, was both ill-advised uh, and very difficult. What they're now doing in the eastern part of the country is, I think in a lot of ways, kind of more m- more sensible from a, a military tactical uh, point of view, okay. as well as being more of what the Russian military was was built to do, which is to put uh, large numbers of forces, armor with tanks, um, uh, armored vehicles, and combine that with artillery, other long-range rockets, and be able to use those in a coordinated fashion. The long-distance, quick um, sprints down the highway that they did around Kyiv is basically kind of the antithesis of what they'd built their military to do.
1: Interesting. So um, are you anticipating then they'll have a better go of it from here on out. Where do you see this conflict going from here?
0: I think it increasingly looks like this is something that's going to continue to grind out along, um, unfortunately, for a, a long period of time. I think quite interesting to see just in the last week um, some comments from Ukrainian officials about the number of losses the Ukrainians have, have suffered and are suffering. mentioned that they are losing, you know, 50 to 100 um, uh, killed in action a day. Um, you know, for for context, uh, Canada didn't lose 200 people uh, in the entire decade, plus we were in Afghanistan. Um, so those numbers of losses are, are fairly high, And we, uh, for one. So that indicates that the, the Ukrainians are, are losing significant numbers of people, and there's also been some reporting that they've lost a lot of um, a lot of vehicles, a lot of their own tanks as well. Uh, a colleague of mine, uh, retired Lieutenant General uh, Mike Did, made the point that uh, about a mu- uh, up to about a month ago the Russians just themselves had lost essentially the entire equivalent of the british Army's total holdings of, of vehicles so Wow, this is very heavy fighting. It's going on on both sides, and the Russians have certainly taken some significant losses. But I think the Ukrainians have been as well. Um, and I think the the type of conflict that's emerged in the east right now is something that Russians are better suited to doing. Uh, We are still trying to ramp up uh, the Ukrainians' ability to take the fight to the Russians and kick them out of their country, um, providing them with more weapons and training to do so. But getting that uh, newer, especially Western equipment in there, getting them trained up on that is something that's going to take time. So I
1: think, unfortunately, this is something that, at least uh, in the East, is going to continue to grind along for a while. Is there any indication of how it may end or what the resolution may be. I mean, that's sort of been the question, you know, do we just let this continue in Ukraine? Does it expand? Does it go further? Is there any more uh, understanding, I guess, of how this might ultimately resolve?
0: It doesn't seem to be yet. Um, On one side, you've got the Russians, um, you know, even with their extraordinarily carefully managed information environment domestically, Pretty hard to put much of a gloss on how things have gone um, so far. Both, you know, the Russians losing a few tens of thousands of, of soldiers, depending on which estimate you think is most credible. Um, pretty high by Western standards. Yeah. Um, for the Russians, I mean, the Russians are have a different mentality. Uh, in other conflicts, Chechnya, Georgia, Afghanistan, before that, they're they're used to losing. Um, numbers of troops that would, uh, you know, I think be totally uh, unthinkable for the West. So losing a few tens of thousands of people is something that they've done in the relatively recent past, but it's still a lot of people uh, beyond that. You know, as you've seen pictures of, uh, if you're watching any of the footage on TV, they've lost a lot of gear. Uh, both uh, having it be abandoned um, and the Ukrainians blowing it up. So they've taken some pretty heavy losses. And I, and I think, you know, that there's a bit of a face-saving dynamic as well as a strategic uh, dynamic to what they're doing because the East and the South combined hold a lot of the key commodities, minerals, sources of energy that Ukraine produces. And then the Southern Territory along the Black Sea uh, and that coastline is strategic territory because if you want to get that stuff to market, um, it's much easier to get it out by water. Yeah. And right now what Russia done is effectively cut off um, Ukraine from uh, water shipping access. On the Ukrainian side, they've beaten back the, the Russians in the, in the north, and now they are getting uh, what is a truly remarkable amount of Western military support. Uh, so I imagine if I were them, that they think that uh, if they can you know, keep to this long term, that they could win this.
1: Wow. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, David, thank you so much for your update. I appreciate your time. Great to talk to you. That is David Perry. David is uh, president of the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, giving us the latest breakdown on what's happening. Uh, a couple of updates to that discussion. Russia says they are ready now to provide a humanitarian corridor for vessels that are carrying food to leave Ukraine, uh, if if the West will lift some of the sanctions. So that's the proposal from Russia right now. In terms of what Canada is doing, uh, you may have missed the announcement yesterday, our Minister of National Defence, Anita Anand, announced a whole lot more support for the Ukrainian military. I can confirm that Canada has purchased over 20,000 rounds of 155 millimeter artillery, which is NATO's standard artillery caliber. This package will also include fuses and charge bags at a cost of up to $98 million. These rounds are compatible with artillery guns provided by Canada and our allies. Canadian aid continues to flow into Ukraine, and we are working around the clock to identify and provide even more military aid to Ukraine with the $500 million that we announced in budget 2022 for this purpose. So the Canadian support for the Ukrainian military continues and uh so does the conflict